Hi everyone. As you would have seen from the graphic that was just on our screen, we're coming now to open the Word of God. We're going to be continuing our sermon series that we've been working through over the last few weeks. This is a series that we have called Hope for Troubled Hearts. It's based in the Gospel of John and we're not looking at the whole of the Gospel of John but just a handful of chapters uh, within it, specifically chapters 14 through 17. At a time just before Jesus is going to be arrested and crucified and is with his disciples, he's with his closest friends and he's sharing with them some of what is going to happen. He's telling them that he's going to have to leave them, that he's going to have to go and understandably their hearts are troubled by this. They feel sorrowful, they can't quite understand what's going on, they're trying to comprehend what's happening and in these chapters Jesus comes and he brings hope to troubled hearts and he speaks comfort to them and in these verses are many wonderful and timeless truths that we've had it's been a real joy to be able to explore them together over the last few weeks and we have an opportunity to to continue that together again this morning so we're going to be picking up now from where mike left off last week we're now into chapter 16 we're going to be reading from verse 5 in just a moment and the words are going to be coming up on the screen but if you've got a bible with you i'd encourage you to read along where you are. So we're in chapter 16. I'm going to read from verse 5. Remember, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and this is what he says, and this is where our focus is going to be today. He says, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So it would be about 10, 10, 11 years ago. I had a job in a secondary school. And my role at that time was that of cover supervisor. And we had a team of cover supervisors in the school. Uh, and it was our job when teachers, for, for whatever reason, were unable to take their class, they would leave work for us uh, and we would come and we would we would supervise the class. It's different to um, that of a, a substitute teacher in that there was no expectation on us to prepare and deliver a lesson. Uh, we we could, could kind of summarise what we did as we were there to, to hold the fort until the teacher returned. And as the name suggests, we were there to supervise. We did what we could to try and make sure the students got on and did some work, but we were there just to kind of keep an eye on things, uh, make sure everyone was okay, make sure everything was okay. But again, we were there really, we were just kind of filling in. The teacher wasn't there, but we were filling in and holding things together until the teacher came back. Now in these verses that we've just read, that we've just heard, Jesus has said again that he's going away. But while he is going, the Holy Spirit is going to be coming in his place. And it's possible for us to have a view of the Holy Spirit like that of 
the cover supervisor. You know, the cover supervisor, the teacher's not there. The, the supervisor is just filling in and holding things together until the teacher returns. And maybe we can have that view of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going. He's sending the Holy Spirit in his place. But maybe we can think of him as a, he's just filling in and making sure everything ticks along until Jesus returns. You know, maybe even the way that Jesus speaks of him as being the, the helper might we might have that that view. Okay, he's here just to kind of help us along until Jesus gets back. But I want to say this at the outset, is that Jesus does not leave room for this. He does not leave room for that view. He makes it very clear. He says, uh, it is better for you or it is to your advantage that I go away because then the Holy Spirit can come. Uh, the disciples, they were in need of encouragement at this point. They were feeling sorrowful and burdened. Uh, but Jesus didn't just say this just because he was trying to trying to um, make them feel better or cheer them up in some way. He wasn't exaggerating things to, to make them feel better. This is no exaggeration. It is better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. Last week, uh, in what Mike was sharing with us, really the focus was on Jesus saying that for, for those who follow him, that they may face trouble in a hostile world. And again, in a series where we're looking at hope, uh, we might think, actually, where, where's the hope in that? But I thought Mike led us so well through that last week. But there are a couple of verses I just want to pick up on from chapter 15, just to help set the context of what we're going to be looking at today. And it's chapter 15, verse 26. It says that when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So even in that, that context of uh, facing trouble, facing trouble in a hostile world, we've been called to be witnesses, to share what we've seen, what we've heard, what we know about Jesus. And I think what we've seen throughout this series is that hope and comfort frequently come when Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the case again today. The helper, the Holy Spirit will come. And so today's verses, they follow this call to be Jesus witnesses. That's where we're following on from. And we just need to think at, at, this, at this second, we need to think actually in these verses, where is the focus? What I mean by that is, is the focus on what we will do or is it on what he will do? Maybe this will help. There are seven occasions in these verses, seven times where we see phrasing like he will. There are seven he wills. He will do this. This is what he will do. And then there's one he will not. But I think that just goes to show the emphasis in these verses. The focus is very much that these verses are about what he will do. This is hope for troubled hearts. So why is it good news? That, that Jesus, why is it good news that Jesus is going away so that the Holy Spirit can come? What will he do when he does come? I want to suggest a couple of possible answers and we're going to spend some time thinking those through just now. The first is this, is that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world. And the second one is that he will guide the church. So let's spend some time thinking about what it means when we say that he will convict the world. We've had some great times on Alpha over the last few weeks exploring uh, the basics of the Christian faith 
uh, with a great group of people been able to really enjoy that and this last week we were thinking about the difference between condemnation and conviction because there is a very real difference between the two and I've heard it put like this that I thought was quite helpful someone said that conviction is like a pain signal that leads us away from danger whereas condemnation is like an anesthetic that leaves us feeling numb so um, conviction is uh, that that sense where we we see the reality of of our hearts we see the reality of who we are where we stand before God but in a way that that shows us our need for for a savior shows us our need uh yeah but there's hope within that and whereas condemnation doesn't point us to christ it doesn't point us to the gospel but rather it just keeps pointing us back to ourselves it keeps pointing us to our sin but we're told that actually the holy spirit has come he's come to convict the world it's that that uh that pain that's like a, a that that warning that danger signal that points us to something or rather someone john three 17 we're actually told the reason why jesus came it says this it says that for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him jesus came in order that not just to show the world the reality of where it stood in terms of its relationship with god but he came to to save the world through his death through his resurrection he came to make a way that we could be restored, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And this was Jesus' ministry. And now the Holy Spirit continues the ministry of Jesus in the world, that those who are far from God would be reconciled to him through Jesus. It's not that that mission or that ministry has stopped in the absence of Jesus. Rather, the Holy Spirit has come to advance what Jesus had come to do. Bruce Milne, going to paraphrase him a bit here, he says that the Holy Spirit's ministry, it's not a vague impartation of, uh, of spiritual energy, but the specific ministry of proclaiming the procession of Jesus through death and resurrection to the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit's ministry is not vague, it is specific. It's not just about some sort of spiritual energy, it's about making Jesus known. You know, for, for three years, Jesus was traveling and teaching and meeting with people, proclaiming that the kingdom of God was coming. He would have spoken with many, many people. But in the scheme, if you're thinking on a global scale, it would have been very limited in terms of the number of people that he was able to speak with and spend time with. But now the spirit has been poured out on all of God's people. And we see in Acts beginning at Pentecost where the spirit is poured out and the gospel is proclaimed and the, the gospel advances and the church is established and the kingdom grows and spreads and reaches further and further afield. So the Holy Spirit bears witness to Jesus, but the disciples, we also must be witnesses but we've not been abandoned in that task we've not been left to get on with it like the burden of it or the weight of it is entirely on us you see actually for those who are following Jesus and have called to be his witnesses in a sense really they join with the Holy Spirit in making Jesus known Mark Deva put it like this he said that you and I aren't called to use our extensive powers to convict and change the sinner while God stands back as a gentleman, quietly waiting for the spiritual corpse, his declared spiritual enemy to invite God into his heart. Rather, we should resolve to preach the gospel uh, like gentlemen, 
persuaded while knowing that we can't regenerate anyone and then stand back while God uses all uh, his extensive powers to convict and change the sinner, then we'll clearly see who it is that can really call the dead to life. And although he'll use us in the doing of it, it's not you and I who are actually doing it. But we've been called to be his witnesses, not in our own power, not in our own understanding, but but partnering, joining with, cooperating with the Holy Spirit and making him known. We have our part to play, but we also recognise uh, that that, um, that that it is him who raises the dead to life. See, when we speak of conviction, maybe we it can bring about sort of negative images or, or connotations that would come with it. But when the Holy Spirit convicts the world, it's for the sake of of knowing Christ. It's for the sake of being pointed to Jesus, realising that the, the state, the reality of where they're at and their need for a saviour and pointing them to Jesus. It's for the sake of knowing Christ. It's mercy, it's grace, it's good news for the world. But there is also good news for believers because not only will the Holy Spirit convict the world, he will guide the church. Now, for the disciples, there was there was much to still understand, a lot that they hadn't yet comprehended and been able to understand. But Jesus recognised that they were troubled and sorrowful. And, you know, what, what a gentle friend, what a gentle saviour he is that, that he, he recognised that at that time they wouldn't be able to bear anymore. So he doesn't overload them and he doesn't just keep sharing this stuff. He understands where they're at. He understands that they just couldn't bear anymore. And it's at this point we see six, you know, I mentioned a moment ago about the he wills, the emphasis on what he will do. We have six of those coming up as Jesus speaks about how he will guide the church, that there is much that they still need to learn and to understand. But we see six of the our wills and, and the, the, the he wills and the he will not. I just think that emphasizes that at this point where the disciples, they, they can't bear anymore and they don't know what to do and they can't take on any more information. They can't have anything else shared with them. Actually, the emphasis here is on what the Holy Spirit will come and do for them, what the Holy Spirit will continue. It's not on them to just to have to get everything together at that point. Actually, the Holy Spirit is going to be about a work in their lives. You see, Jesus speaks comfort and words of hope as he tells them what the Holy Spirit will do in them and through them and for them he will guide them into all the truth the truth of who jesus is of why he came why he was crucified what the resurrection means for them and what it will mean for future generations of why he returned to and is seated with the father all of that that they hadn't yet understood the holy spirit will come and will reveal to them and make known to them he will guide them into all of it and here's where we come to our our he will not statement in verse let's see where it is where are we he says that in verse 13 sorry it says when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. I heard it put like this, that he's not a rogue spirit with his own agenda or seeking to serve his own purposes. 
He speaks not on his own authority, but he will depend on what he hears for what he has to say. His ministry is Christ-centred. It's all about pointing people to Jesus. It's all about revealing Jesus. And when, it's, when, when we're told that, that he will guide them into all truth, you know, really, these verses, they find particular fulfilment in the New Testament, as we see of what, what the, the disciples and followers of Jesus uh, and the apostles were, were recording as they explain all about Jesus' death and resurrection and what happened after that. So we, we find that kind of finding a, a fulfillment within the New Testament and the scriptures that we have. But there's also a broader application within that for all believers. I just want to touch on quickly, and it, it comes down to this, I think, in, in verse 14, when speaking about what the Holy Spirit does, who he is and what he does. Verse 14 says that he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. John Piper said this of verse 14. He said that this is the most important sentence about the work of the Holy Spirit in all of the Bible. T.J. Timms said this of the same verse. He said that this verse is the, the key to understanding the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, that when he's speaking about what it is for the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus, it means that he gives us the eyes to see Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he reveals Jesus to us. In that sense, he gives us a bigger, a fuller picture of Jesus. He glorifies Jesus because he takes what is true of Jesus he takes what is true of him and he reveals it to us. He makes it known to us. He helps us to see Jesus. He gives us eyes to see Jesus. And in doing so, he glorifies Jesus. We see him as he truly is. And that is actually something that is transformational for us. See, this application is, is, is broad. It's, it's transformational for us when we see the glory of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 3, 18, Paul writes this. He says that we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. He causes us to see the glory of Christ. He causes us to see, to specifically see who Jesus is and what he's done and what that means. And he transforms his church into the likeness of Christ. You see the Holy Spirit, he's not like a cover supervisor who's just filling in. In that period between Jesus going away and Jesus returning, he's not just keeping an eye on things and just trying to keep things ticking over. He's not like that. We need to take Jesus at his word, that it is better for us, that it is to our advantage that he goes away because then the Holy Spirit can come. And we live in a day where the, where the Spirit, he's been poured out on all of God's people. And we know Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world and he will guide the church. And this morning, I just want you to think actually, it, which of those two, uh, two, two points, where, where do you stand on one of those? Are you in the world? 
knowing that actually you've not put your trust in Jesus, knowing that actually you are far from God. Know today that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit today is not here to condemn you, but he wants to just convict you to make you see actually there is a way to be to be right with God. And it is through putting your, your trust and your hope in Jesus. There is good news for you there. He comes not to condemn you, but to convict you, to help you, to lift your eyes, to see Jesus. If you're following Jesus already today, know that he will guide you into all truth. Know that the Holy Spirit, his heart is to glorify Jesus, to reveal more of Jesus to you. And in doing so, that we would be transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus from one degree of glory to another. See, it is better to our advantage that Jesus went so that the Holy Spirit would come. Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, we want to thank you for these words that you spoke. These wonderful words of truth. We want to thank you that in your wisdom, Lord, you knew what was required. Thank you for the hope that we find in these words that we've been looking at this morning. In the wonderful truth, Lord Jesus, that you had to go away, but in, in doing so, you sent your spirit to us. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to be uh, just be so open to the work of the spirit and how he reveals more of you to us. We pray that as we see you revealed in glory, that we would be transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Lord, help us also, as you've called us to be your witnesses to the world. Help us to, to, uh, to just to partner with, in, in cooperation with, being led by the Spirit in how we can make you known. And Lord, that together we would see many, many come to put their faith and their trust in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to do something a little different now, perhaps in what we've tended to do. We're actually going to go back into uh, into an opportunity for worship. I'm going to just hand over to Hugh in just a minute. I just want to encourage you. I know that our actual video will, will stop in a minute, but Hugh will encourage us into a worship sort of activity, something for us to do. Please do, after he's shared that, take some time, maybe 10 minutes or so, or however much time you have. Please do take some time to respond to what Hugh has encouraged us encouraging us into and leading us into let's spend some time coming back to worship it's all around thanksgiving uh, so let's spend some time doing that uh, and then we look forward to seeing you half 11 on zoom we hope you can join us there um, just to be aware we're going to be picking up on some of what hugh is going to be encouraging us into in in, in that so um, please do spend some time doing that so that we can come ready to share uh, in our time together on zoom but god bless you all Take care.